Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are back to bring you all the important views, outdated news, and not a lot else from the Australian beer world and beyond. Um, the not a lot else is because we're in, we're out, we're in, we're out, we're in, we're in, we're in, we're in, we're in. Yep, yep, we'll be in for a while, I think. <laughs> no so, uh, freedom on the... Uh... On the radar. <laughs> so no, no excuses for us, I guess, is the downside. The, that it, is. The, definitely the biggest downside. Everything else is fine. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some accountability issues now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't we can't say we've been doing other stuff. Because <laughs> we definitely haven't been. It was um it had a similar discussion with um work about taking leave. I, oh, could, I couldn't I couldn't say I had to take important had had important things to do because nobody does at the moment. No, no. But you do what you got to do. Um, on the plus side, you've resutted Year of the Local, and it's been going all right. Had yeah. a few things. Yeah, I think I'm up to six or seven since we kicked it off again, and I've got about three that are pretty much ready to go, just waiting for me to do finishing touches and bits and pieces. So that is promising. what we like to hear. Yeah, um, I, I've have to start checking more often. Um, I've not been doing my due diligence. There's not like I'll... a seven or eight month gap. Between posts and yeah. <laughs> I don't just look uh, every now and then when I'm like, oh, I should see see if Angus has chucked anything up on the side. I'll have to actually start looking more regularly again. But that's good. Look, that's good to hear. I think there's a couple of good reads as well. I thought Crank Candle was good. I thought Bonfire Station was good, if anyone hasn't checked them out. Yeah, I, I um, the names are somewhat familiar, but I couldn't tell you anything about anything else, so I'll definitely go over read to them just for research purposes. Excellent. Yeah, two... Relatively new high country ones. Okay, cool, cool. Bonfire Station's a good name. It is, it is. Um, they've actually just chucked their pizza oven in as well, so that'll be cranking for summer. That's, yeah, that, that'll if we're be, allowed uh, beers. I was going to say, let's, uh, that sounds like a Airbnb in the high country for research in air quotes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be awful, um, Dylan. Someone has to do it. Yeah, it's a tough job. Um you wanted to give an update on Bonsai Brewhouse, our, our mate in Pomona area. Yeah, he was our crazy 5G guy for the uh, listeners out there who can vaguely place the name. Um, Not they... actually our mate, we should say. Yes, yes. That <laughs> was in jest. Your mate, if you will. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Old mate. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so in February, they were taken over by a new owner and reopened as Noosa Hinterland Brewing Co. So... Uh, Old mate's uh, conspiracy theories did not get him through COVID. Oh, that's not surprising. I was going to say not it's surprising. Shame, it's not really. It's um, not really. It's a shame they lost their business, but you know, here yeah. we are. Yes, Pedal, yes. You know, pedal stupid shit. Get yeah. stupid. Play stupid prizes. games, win stupid prizes. That's the one. That's the one. We all knew <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with that, I think we'll go straight on to real news. Um, yep. Let's do it. The Great Australian Beer Festival and Beer Fest Australia have merged. They have indeed. So Great Australian Beer Festival is that one down in Geelong. Yep. And I think they might have also had an Albury one. And Beer Fest, I'm pretty sure, is the one that they held in St Kilda, which was sort of not really pointy end craft drinkers. It was sort of a good time in summer sort of thing. Got Got an update. On that, when I was working at First Choice, so yes, definitely not the, the pointy end of craft. That's a fair yeah, way to put it. Yeah, um, it's. I went to one. It was a good time, actually. Um, I think it would be. I mean, it's it's near the beach, right in St Kilda. I mean, yeah. how bad could it be walking around drinking a bunch of decent beer? And it seemed like 
it got a good kind of mm, like crowd who may not always be into craft crowd who may not go to craft events a lot. So I think that's, that's a good Yeah. I ran into lots of guys from school and stuff like that. So it was one of those places, you know, they're, they're quite open to having a, a craft beer, but they're not people who actually go seek, seek one it out. out. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, but yeah, they've merged. I would assume that's something to do with events issues arising from COVID. But outside of that, I don't really know. Well, it's one of those ones that may have, you know, the, the hands may have been forced, but it may actually be good for both of them in the long run. Yeah, exactly. So I think everyone's staying on board, all the main people involved. So it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out. Yeah, good. Um, the Royal Adelaide Beer and Cider Awards happened. Yeah, our annual wrap-up of this one. Uh, Champion Small Brewery went to Barossa Valley, which is interesting. That is interesting. Champion Large Brewery went to Vale, which I thought was really interesting. Mm. Most Outstanding Beer in Show, and this is where Vale started to make more sense to me, was Vale's Fox Hat Fat Mongrel. Oh, yeah. Fox Hat's not a bad beer. I always forget about it. No, it's not. I thought that was its own thing, but clearly not. Yeah, I would have, well, they, they definitely try to differentiate it, but maybe, I guess, it is pretty clear. They do say it's brewed by Vale on the back, so. Yeah, okay. I didn't, I haven't paid that much attention to it, clearly. Um, The other ones I thought interesting, Champion Lager was Pirate Life's Dark Lager. That's, yeah, fun. I can get around I haven't, that. haven't come across that one. I'll have to go look for that. Uh, I did like that even the Crafty Pint got sucked into the Larger vs. Lager spelling mistake. <laughs> That annoys me every time I see it. <laughs> that's, that's just one of those ones that's that's unfathomable to me. And then, so therefore, now that I've said that, I'm definitely going to do it exactly. in the near future. Yeah. E- exactly. And finally, because we can't forget our cider friends, Barossa Valley Cider Company took out the champion cider for squashed their squashed apple cider. And good to see the Hills win for the Perry. Uh, yes. They, they do good stuff. Because a really good Perry is excellent. There just aren't that many of them. And like I'm gonna after saying something nice about Hills, I'll probably go and the other way and say I don't actually think their Perry is that great, but I think they do great stuff. If you're looking for a traditional one, I mean, it's uh, yeah. I just don't think there's not there's not that many of those done in Australia as a thing. Not that I'm aware of, anyway. Um, good to also see Funk Cider win a gold for their pineapple cider. They're a tiny little operation in Western Australia that my partner and I went to when we were over there, and um, very cool little spot and um, kind of like. Craft beer vibes, but they only serve cider. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, nice to see them get a bit of recognition because they don't seem particularly big. <laughs> no, nev- I've never heard of them. Yeah. I <laughs> um, um, just didn't didn't see anything else too interesting, but we can chuck a link to the, um, the full things. I'm sure there's some things that will tickle people. Yeah, they were the ones that stood out to me, but as with all these things, people find their own one they're interested in. Yeah, I mean, with a lot of these, there's, there's always some intriguing golds and stuff. And it's yeah. often we'll figure it out, like, you know, we'll we'll pick up a beer in three months' time and be like, why do we know this one? And then come back It'll to it. It'll twig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, excellent. Um, brew land sale has been blocked by Development Victoria. Yeah. Now, do you remember the their World's Greenest Brewery massive thing we've talked about a few times? Yes, vaguely. Yeah, the one in Ballarat. They bought this from Development Victoria for $2.16 million in 2017. Uh, they were going to, you know, make the world's greenest brewery. They were going to make 100 jobs in the region, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Development Victoria have a buyback clause over the land, which uh, basically, if Brew don't do what they want to do by February 2022, uh, Development Victoria can buy it back for the price, the original sale price, I think. Yep. Uh, basically, Brew, obviously not anywhere near completing that. I don't think they've turned to soil at all. Uh, what, Doesn't six months out? Like yeah. <laughs> six months out, tried to sell the land for seven and a half million bucks. And Development Victoria have blocked it, obviously, because they would like that $5 million for themselves rather than Brew. <laughs> to have yeah, it. and also that's yeah not what they bought it for. Exactly. There's clearly no... Uh, it's not like they're selling in good faith that they were trying to do it. They haven't done anything. They're not going to achieve it. They're trying to circumvent the deal. Um, but Brew are obviously still hopeful that the deal will go through as they've negotiated a 30-day extension with the prospective buyer. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I I don't see it going through. It'd be mad if Development Victoria allowed it, but we'll see. Just brew doing brew things, but yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. So next one, we actually we sort of mentioned this in the past, I think. Yeah, um, about a year ago, I think. Yeah, about the Howler Stout with a cool Milo label. Um, so Victorian Commission for Gambling and Liquor Regulation and ABAC have signed an MOU. Sort of basically, to my knowledge, saying it's not on. Yeah, so they've. Uh, so it went through the ABAC process. Um, it obviously got found to be in breach of the code because it quite clearly was. Yeah. Howler uh, appealed the decision. Um, and ABAC upheld the decision and sent. Uh, because Howler isn't a member of ABAC, they send the determination to the. Victoria Commission for Gaming and Liquor Regulation, who yep. issue a banning order. And then at the end of this, the two of them have signed a memorandum of understanding, uh, basically formalising their relationship that was already happening anyway. You know, that they would send cases between each other okay. as, thi- as things arose. You know, so if VCGLR f- come across a, a blatant alcohol advertising breach, they would forward it on to ABAC to find and vice versa. Yeah, okay, well, that, that makes sense, I think, going forward. Um, shame for Howler. It is a cool can, but, you know, the, these things happen, honestly, when you, yeah. I just think if everyone stayed away from sort of IP infringement, we'd be in a better place, but here we are. I agree, I agree. It's a shame because you could easily make a striking green can that evoked that without being so obvious. Yeah, yeah, like the font's the same, everything's the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I get it, it's fun, but um, it's also... It's the kind of thing that's fun when you're a home brewer, but I agree that this the rampant IP theft only can only go so far. I think, and you know, I, on one hand, I don't want to see Howler hurt because you know it's not a big brewery and yep. they seem to do some good stuff. Uh, but yeah, the other hand says perhaps it's warranted in this case in cases like it. I think this is probably more warranted than the bounty one, at least. Yeah, I think this one's better than the bounty one. I think like a better. Use of the regulations. Yep, agreed, agreed. Uh, it should also be noted that Howler have pulled that beer already, but the threat of a $20,000 fine still sits there if they uh, put it out again with that packaging. Yeah, I'm sure we'll just have a J-Juice situation. <laughs> yeah. New exactly. Glarus, is that how you pronounce that, or Glarus? One or the other. <laughs> uh, the Wisconsin United States Brewery are in court with a group of their original shareholders. Yeah, I put this one in because I thought it's a bit interesting as there's as the industry is sort of 
they're sort of 10 years ahead of us, you know, so things that pop up over there may pop up over here in the future. Yeah. Um, so they were founded in 93 uh, and three of their founding shareholders, which own about 12, a 12% stake, um, have taken them to court. It's pretty complicated, but it's basically around a company not paying dividends to them despite, you know, Kidding cash, cash reserves of over 40 million bucks. Yeah, yeah. They're like a properly big regional brewery now. Um, and, yeah, I just think it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, With all the crowdfunding and stuff in Australia. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so they're basically pushing for um, either dividends to be paid to them, uh, the removal of one of the director's um, and yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how that unfolds. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, we'll keep an eye on it and report back. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of accusations flying around about, you know, funds being diverted to one of the owners, yada, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how these things, how these messy things always, always go. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mountain Cultures Be Kind Rewind named in the world's top five New England IPAs. Yeah, I found this really interesting. Now, it is from Untapped, and I know some people have very strong opinions about Untapped and its place in the world. Yep. Um, this is, uh, to qualify for this, you had to be a New England IPA with over a 1,000 check-ins in 2021. So they're yep. all 2021 uh, ratings, and the top five were Treehouse's Julius, Treehouse's Green, uh, which interestingly also uses Australian hops. Uh, Sally Cat, which is a Norwegian brewery, and I assume this is a single hop neeper because it's called Zappa, which is one of those new yep, funky yep. hops. Um, Monkish's Visions of Spock and Mountain Culture's Be Kind Rewind. So it's in really esteemed company there. Yeah, no, definitely. And I wonder if it's because I mean, it's probably closer to the 1,000 mark than some of them. Um, and also I think maybe, you know, we've got a bit of the hype culture here, but I, I think there is possibly some, you know, disappointment rating in America with some of the, the bigger ones. Um, yep. whereas I think mountain culture is more just universally loved here. I, I think so. Um, yeah, they're up to just over 3000 total check-ins. Okay. Ratings. So, yeah, definitely a few. I mean, a lot of those smaller can runs in the U S probably wouldn't exceed that by too much. I imagine. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And percentage on untapped and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Yep. Oh, good on him. Yeah. And there were just interesting quotes from DJ about Vic secret and how he actually thinks it's better than galaxy. If you use it properly, which I found interesting. I'm not necessarily against that. I think, I think because of things like Pacific ale and stuff, I think we get very galaxy focused, but, um, it's, it's a bit of a one trick pony. I think you could yep. possibly do more interesting things with Vic secret. To be fair, that one trick is very good that galaxy does. <laughs> Exactly, but it is, it's just an interesting thing. I think it gets used badly a lot, but it, um, yeah, be, the good be kind rewind I had was excellent. Not yeah, yeah, again. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but no, I, I had the same. I think it was by probably contributed to that very high rating. Um, there's um, a few like sometimes mountain culture stuff. It's just like this is a fine hazy, but sometimes they are pretty next level. I think that was one of them. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, good on them. Well deserved. Um, this one is uh, borderline, I think, but um, 
very a story story of interest. Uh, Bild are reporting that Germany evacuated sixty five thousand cans of beer before Afghani refugees, which is um that's ge- modern German culture in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. The, not to make light of the situation, but I've never seen a can of beer in Germany. They're all bottles. So I'd be very surprised <laughs> if they were not bottles. Um, but yeah, if that's true, that's pretty poor form. <laughs> yeah, like funny if it wasn't human lives. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because that is a pretty uh, distressing situation for the Afghani population. Should also be noted there were also three hundred and forty wine bottles. <laughs> Just as a ratio, I find that quite interesting. Yeah, sounds about right for Germany. It does, doesn't um, it? <laughs> although, you know, the, the weird thing I think is why do you need to evacuate booze at all? Surely you have enough booze in Germany. Surely yeah, there is enough beer kicking around. I would assume, like, the only way this has happened is they have evacuated a whole heap of equipment and beer just happened to be in the right tent or something. But yeah. you would have thought... Is possibly a that... private interest thing as well, like, rather possibly. than a government mission? Possibly, uh, it's, yeah. It's it's build reporting, so it could be anything. <laughs> it's a it's a fun um it's a fun headline in terms of like reporting on it, but uh, there may be extenuating circumstances. Either way, on the face of it, probably not great. Yeah, exactly. There may well be a, a backstory there, but it's worth. Uh, yeah, it's, let's just read the headline and move it's on. actual <laughs> beer. It's actual beer news for once. Mainstream. That's news. true. That's true. That's true. It is beer and it's news, so that's that's why it's on here. Um, all right, and now a bit of other news. Uh, event news. As we suspected, um, Blobfish has unfortunately been cancelled for 2021 after that delay which we reported last time. Yep, and I think we said last time that we thought uh, October might be too... or the end of September might be too soon. Yeah, I think we sort of said possible but optimistic. Yeah, and things have obviously gone the wrong way, and here we are. Uh, so refunds were issued today at the time of recording. Good on them being quick on it and making the call because I think it's it's going to be a shit fight for the rest of the year. I mean, we may we may be in, we may be out. Either way, there's not going to be many events happening at yeah. any level where it's worthwhile, I think. Um, so, yep, we'll, we'll head along next year and report back. Um, I guess this year we'll just, when we're allowed to, we'll just drink that Blobfish Magnum and have our own Blobfish event. Oh, yeah, that's sitting around somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> in my house, yes. Oh, good. Yeah, I've been to your house. That was a good Yeah. <laughs> it's slowly getting closer to getting drunk. <laughs> You've taken it somewhere with the intention of opening it at some point. Yeah, good. Good. Um, Brewcon 2021 is also cancelled. Yeah, I think this is probably sensible. I don't think Anastasia's got any plans to open her border soon. Um, and really, the industry doesn't need this to be a super spreading event where then brewers take it back to their respective states. That'd be a disaster for the industry. Yes, yes, that would not be a good look, I think. Yeah, um, so I think right call has been made here. Cancel it, move it to next year. Um, shame for the IBA. You know, obviously it's a very event-space business. They probably needed that income, but we'll see how that all unfolds. I guess the one sort of saving grace is because of we're vaccinating so rapidly at the moment, there is a realistic possibility they can just say, hey, look, we are probably going to be able to go ahead in 2022 in some form or another. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, that may be able to soften the blow. If you're not saying, if like last year it was kind of, we're going to cancel, but who, you know, we kind of hope we'll be able to do it. I think I think maybe it's slightly more solid. So maybe they could make those calls a bit further out this time instead of just moving it a week every time. Yeah, I think so. Um, although Darker Days is one who have moved to October 2nd, although possibly... 
Regional Victoria. Mm. I'm iffy, but, um, you know, I'm impossible. I'm also pretty iffy on this one. I think, uh, as we said with uh, Blobfish, I'd... the regional thing makes some difference, but the reason they moved it a few weeks ago was so that Metro Melbourne people could get up to them and that they could get their full 300 that they're looking for. And yeah. I just don't see 300 people being allowed anywhere in Victoria in five weeks' time. Yeah, that's true. Maybe if it was November 2nd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even then, it's um, yeah, it's just so tricky. I mean, they, we'll see how it goes. I mean, um, they're obviously uh, entitled to make that call and we all wish the best for them. Brighter on our list of uh, people to try and interview, so we might um, see if we can get a comment on that for next time. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, I guess you don't mind the optimism, to be honest. We need a bit of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the regional thing, maybe they are a chance of getting it up even for locals. Also. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking possibly locals only. Like, it, again, it'll just be this compromise sort of thing. Yeah. Where... We'll see, though. We'll see. The thing we're um, all living with all the time and just working our way through. <laughs> exactly. We're just everything. It's... um really is the football cliche. It's just one week at a time. That's yeah. why it's so hard for events at the moment. Yeah. But in slightly better news, uh, our lockdown buddies, currently locked down buddies in New Zealand, got Biavana done and by all accounts was a great success. Yeah, and it sounds like, just like Melbourne, it was literally just in time before every yeah. fan and we're all back in. <laughs> um, there was some, I guess... The plus side for Australia is that we got some, some of our breweries got some sock over there, even if they couldn't get over there physically. Yeah. And um, so we've got some new people to try their beer. Exactly. Um, saw some cloud catches and stuff on Instagram being drunk over there. So. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I wouldn't have thought they'd send that, but there you go. I guess New Zealand's, you know, don't, don't jump on me if people listen to this, but I think New Zealand's palates are perhaps a year or two ahead of us. So maybe the cloud catcher would be... Uh, the, the lowest thing you could send, like the most, you know. Yep. They couldn't get away with Pacific Ale, is what I'm saying. Possibly. Yep. Even yep. though it's a great beer, yeah. Um, you know what I'm trying to say. I know exactly what you're trying to say. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's, there's a lot more, um, yeah, that they, I think they drink six packs of IPAs in the weekend, we drink six packs of Pale Ales. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um, and by we, I mean the greater population, not not us, obviously. Because we you drink, can buy we drink lager, we drink lager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're that evolved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, brewery closures are only one. Bale worker are selling their kit. Yep, Bale worker, who I think are the smallest brewery in Victoria, uh, are selling their kit. It's pretty small, but it's a full, you know, full kit and caboodle operation. Uh, Two hundred and fifty liter size, and they're looking for about fifty grand. Okay. Yeah. So it's sad to see them go, but um, they were effectively selling in one bottle shop in Melbourne. So, yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah, understandable. Yeah, we'll put a link Somewhere. to that um, to that sale listing, um, so that people can buy it if they're interested. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is actually sounds possible in this case. Yeah, it's not one of these completely out of reach numbers. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of closures, brewery and tap room openings. Um, Mountain Cultures Production Brewery is now open. Yep, they had their first brew on Friday there. Um, 
And I think probably the most interesting part of this is it's only 10 months from announcing it to opening, which in comparison to some of the stories we've heard recently about the length of times it's taken councils to get a brewery open and then built and all that sort of stuff is quite rapid. Yeah, I mean, that's they, they don't tend to do things by hard mountain culture, they... And I think possibly it's leaving money on the table if you don't do it. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, 25 heck brew house, so it's pretty big. Yeah, that is. Although, you know, again, the thing is, is that I don't know if their core range is why they're they're famous, but I mean, they must be selling enough of it to justify it. You'd think so. You'd think so. But if Be Kind Rewind is technically in their core range. Okay. So you'd think even just... One extra batch of that every now and then. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess stuff like um, they've got like Status Quo and Scenic Root and a few other of their hazy sort of little ones that do quite well. Double Red, obviously. Yep, and you'd think about like I think those single re- releases sell out very quickly, especially the hazy ones. Um, so maybe you do a bigger batch of some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it all, it all makes they sense. They obviously have a plan. More mountain culture, you can't complain. Exactly. Um, Deep South in North Hobart opened. Yeah, so that's um, Dave McGill, who was the brewer at, Mount, at Moo Brew Forever. Oh, yep, yep. I think he's been there on and off for the last 15 years. Um, that's just one I think we should tuck away for if we ever get down to Tassie. Yeah, sounds good. Loud down to Tassie. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put that one, file that in the memory banks. Um, Bridge Road are bringing Beechworth to Brunswick, which is, uh, seems pretty cool. It does, doesn't it? This is actually um, that East Brunswick village development that we made fun of the ad on the podcast last year about. Yeah, I think they vaguely were, they were looking about. for they were looking for a boutique microbrewery or something, and it really sounded like it was out of the early two thousands. The language around it. Yeah, and I, but I guess you know Bridge Road probably saw an opportunity. They probably wanted to get down there, so. Yeah, exactly. I think they've been looking to do something in Melbourne for quite a while, um, but wanted to sort of keep it still. Bridge Roadie, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's on Nicholson Street in Brunswick. 350-seat venue, 30 taps. Little 1,000-litre brew house going in there, but I think most of the main stuff is still coming out of uh, Beechworth, obviously. Yep. Cool. Well, I can't wait for that. Um, definitely yep. head to that one when that opens up. Um, and Sailor's Grave have... Have they opened their cellar door at Orbos or is ready to go when they're allowed to? I think they opened it last week or maybe they were opening it this weekend, but one or the other. Yeah, I saw something about that, but um, that, that's really cool for them. Obviously, um, it's going to be pretty tricky early on, um, what with the current environment and not even that just being so far out. Um, yeah, I think they were, I reckon it must be them practicing for their big thing that they're opening, you know probably a couple of years down the track that we talked about a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, Because they always said they were never going to do a cellar door at Orbost. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, that that rings a bell now that that you say it. But, um, yeah, it must be a dry run in lieu of being able to do other stuff. Um, Yeah. Why not? So, yeah, so good on them. Um, Yeah. All right. Uh, We will wrap up news quickly with the tasting paddle. Um. Matilda Bay Alpha is back. Yes. Yes, it is. There is some ominous wording, though, in that post, Dylan. Yes. Which I'll read. It's true to the original Alpha with a bit of a twist for the modern palate. 
We've got rid of the hops, so you don't need to worry about the, that pesky flavour getting in the way. It's not going to be bitter anymore. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll give them a chance. We'll get down we there one day and um, we'll report back. But yeah, you don't like hearing that about classics. No, no. Don't call it. Don't call it alpha if it's not going to be alpha. But yeah, I should probably reserve my judgment. <laughs> exactly. But it's hard not to be. Yep. Yep. Mm. Uh, Colonial are back in sport with Deal with Cricket Victoria. Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. They've got pouring rights at Junction Oval, um, and they're also a naming rights sponsor of the Renegades and the Stars. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I assume they're not getting any beer into Marvel or the G. So what value does that actually bring? We'll see. Branding, yeah, who knows, association. I will say that possibly back-in is not the right way to put it because I think they had that partnership with the golf brand. Um, ah, that's true. They got tailor-made, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Although that is, you know, I I understand. Why it, these are not sport teams. Uh, yeah, that they yeah. were. That's not a sport team. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stone and Wood had their Instagram hacked, which was sorted out pretty quickly, but kind of funny for such a big brewery um, having their posts slowly deleted and people like trying to sell the account and stuff. It's just. Um, all a bit absurd, but thankfully all sorted out pretty quickly and um, sort of done within 18 hours kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is good getting on top of it, but Jesus, you know, be careful with your social media stuff, people. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall for their the marketing company. I can't remember the name of their marketing co- marketing company. It's a like a, an off-site sort of, you know, the, yeah. uh, an agency they hire. I would have, their office that morning would have been absolute chaos, I imagine. Oh, yeah, there'd have been some interesting questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, all's well that ends well. I'm glad they sorted that out. Um, yeah. One thing I'm not glad about is Bolter continuing, continuing in the vein of uh, taking Alt Brown out the back and shooting it and, you know, throwing Pilsner off the boat and grabbing strong pale ale and, you know, throttling the life out of it. And it's no longer going to be around. It's just breaks oh, it's your tragedy, heart. Isn't breaks it? your heart, yeah. Although, not that I've seen a strong pale ale for years. As we were saying, I love that beer, but when did I last buy one? <laughs> I may have only ever drank like two of them. And it's not for I have, a want of drinking, like not for one of trying. Yeah, I have one untapped check-in, which seems wrong. <laughs> but maybe, who knows? Not impossible with how much we said. But um, obviously left a lasting impression on us. Indeed, because I was genuinely upset at and the news. you just know that in... In a couple of years, they're going to bring out like a mixed case of pills, alt brown, strong pale, and then we're all going to be like, oh. How good a bolter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, doing something for the real fans. Um, yeah. Rock, Rocky Ridge have added Pilsner to their core range. Yeah. This is just really, how good is it to see more Pilsners in core ranges and the demand for them? Like Rattenhun was selling out almost instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk, talk a bit about more. Later. Yeah. But um, that's, that is great to see. And like, you should have a pills in, or some sort of lagered beer at least in your core range. I mean, I see so many that are like, is a pale and an XPA and a hazy pale. And it's just like, come on. It's, you don't need three, three of the same beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yes, good to see. Good on your Rocky Ridge. Um, we've both had Deeds fried chicken recently. We have. How good's the chicken? Yeah, massive. And probably more importantly, the mac and cheese. Yes, yes, incredible. And, um, Beer is good as well, and um, yeah, um, if you're within 10 kilometres of Deeds, get around it while you still can. Yeah, I think they're doing it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Jump on the socials or website and 
you'll find it if you're within 10Ks. Yep. Um, I'm be very tempted to uh, jump on that again this weekend. Mm. I'll, I'll see if I can resist. Um, Homebrewing <laughs> has been banned at the Australian Antarctic Station. Now, this is interesting. Yeah, so there's been homebrewing at the Antarctic Station since, like, the 70s, apparently. Um, but that that was originally due to how bad the... How, how expensive it was to freight in alcohol, so they just made it themselves. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Um, but, yeah, now they're... Um, They've banned it for a couple of reasons, you know, around sort of alcohol limits and stuff like that uh, and safety issues, you know. Like if someone gets too drunk and wanders outside to look at the stars, you'll wake up dead. Yep. Um, And also to make it a more welcoming environment for women. So all... um, Do women not like beer? Is that what they're getting at? Well, that is what the article seemed to... (laughs) I think think there was also some... there, There was also, I think, some sort of... Sexual sexual harassment sort of stuff around the ah, connotations okay. in the that, article. Like yeah, but there's also never been a report of any of that down there. So who knows? But yeah, look, I'm surprised yeah. it was ever allowed. To be honest, <laughs> it, it it is a little that way, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's interesting that it was allowed, but yeah. We oh go. well, hopefully they. I'm sure there's plenty to do down there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they're they're allowed outside, so. Well, it's yes, the place to are. be at the moment. Um, <laughs> Even if it is minus 30. Yeah, and, you can't, and there's nowhere to go, but, you know, theoretically. Um, and, giant, now, uh, and now you can't drink. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even worse. Um, I assume they could still get some beer shipped in or something. Uh, they can. The limit was tiny. It was like six cans a week or something per you person. Just, you just drink once a month and have a big night. <laughs> <laughs> the old, um, like the grog rations of the old sailors. You just hold Fantastic. it all up. Yeah. That's a free tip for you down at the Australian Antarctic <laughs> Station listening to this. Um, a giant inflatable cause can was stolen and returned in Canada. It was. I found this quite amusing. Um, basically, it was from some sort of community event and they were just floating a, can- a cause can on the river and they said there was... We've got footage of who's stolen, and you've got two days to return it, and magically it reappeared. <laughs> that is quite funny. We'll put the uh, link to that one in the show notes as well. Yeah. J- just beautifully Canadian. We've got a video, no questions asked. Uh, <laughs> Let's just, yep, yeah, undo this and no harm done. Yeah, control Z, <laughs> and yeah. off we go. Yeah, no problems. All right, and that's all for the news this week. We'll be back with what we're drinking. And we are back with what we're drinking um, for various reasons. Um, you haven't been drinking heaps by the sounds of it, but we've got some interesting non-alcoholic stuff to talk about. Yeah, so I was originally going to have it off because I had to have a blood test about about a week off So because I, I was going to have a blood test. Um, and yeah, that just happened to coincide with me getting an interesting stomach bug, <laughs> which meant... Which I wasn't really that sick. I was just sort of chained to a toilet yeah. for three weeks. Which is good times. On the wonderful, wonderful metronidazole, which means you can't drink. But I wasn't feeling sick, so obviously we had to imbibe some of the uh, newer 
non-alc offerings. Yes, yes. And there's seems like there's plenty around. And, like, you know, it's, it's a better time to do it than a couple of years ago if you have to. Yeah, there were heaps of options. I don't know how many I got through. Maybe 20 different ones over the course of, well, the best part of a month, really. Yeah, yeah. I, it seemed like you were going through plenty. That's for sure. They're actually, some of them are quite good now. There's this um, South African company called Devil's Peak Brewing who do a couple of um, variations of their hero um, beer. I think it's called Zero to Hero, and then there's like a citrus one, which is grapefruit, and a, a lemon one, which is quite nice. I um, I think you gave me one of them, and I was quite impressed. Yeah, like the body's pretty good on that one, I thought. Like that one you could almost um, substitute for a real beer. Yeah, yeah, I I went down um, very nicely with food. Um, like, didn't really think I needed an actual beer. Yeah, yeah, uh, and heaps normal quiet XPA. I think for me is still the standout. Yeah, as um, I think most people probably agree with you in terms of what you can get in Australia. Yeah, there's quite a good one called Park Pills, which is a um. That's the kombucha company, isn't it? Monsieur. Uh, Monsieur. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, and it's, um, that's a pretty good, like that tastes like a lager. That's, um, if you're after a lager, that's the one I think. I'll have to give that a try. I really like their, um, they, they did a range of like 1% kombuchas, which are really lovely, like, um, blood orange and stuff. And yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, then there's a couple of like quite crafty ones. This one called Athletic Brewing Company out of the States, I think. Um, I thought their beers were a touch thin, but they are, I think just a pure non-alc um, brewery. Cool. Um, I quite like the beers from Big Drop, which people would have seen around. I assume. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to trying to think. Um, they have sort of block color cans with a oh uh, yeah, yeah different drop on them. I assume. <laughs> um, their pale ale's quite nice. The upflow stuff's good. I enjoyed them. Uh. Oh, and Bridge Road's free time I enjoyed as well. Yeah, that looked that, good. That was uh, sort of like the body was right as well on that one. That's the I don't think you could. Get. I don't think you could tell that wasn't a um, no, no, that that wasn't an alcohol beer. Yeah, yeah and that that's kind of the dream. Yeah. Um, did you have any nought stuff or? I did have a couple of noughts. I think I had a uh, an IPA and possibly an XPA. Yep, I, I had one of those and thought it was okay, but yeah. I thought they were a bit on the sweet side overall. Oh, yeah. Like, like obviously, these wordy. are all a bit sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that's fair enough. So um, I'm just trying to think of what I've had so I can discuss it, and that was honestly, yeah, apart from the Devil's Peak, I'm a little bit out of the loop, to be honest. Had um, a James but, Squire Zero, which I thought was interesting. I'd never seen quite any new, advertising around that. Yeah, I think so. Um, and that tastes like a normal sort of James Squire pale, so... Nothing if that's that. your thing, yeah, yeah if that's you your thing. Um, the Molly Rose ones, do you have? They was... were excellent. Yeah, they were I enjoyed excellent. enjoyed both of them a lot, especially the Goza. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that was the pick, the Goza. Um, I had a couple of stouts which I thought were good on the whole. Like the flavors, right there. It's just the body is not. Yeah, there. that's going to be the hard part, I think. On the whole, yeah, uh, and I had the sober stuff and. Uh, I like the idea of the sober ones. I just don't think they hit the mark, and there's a lot of sort of can-to-can variation. I have heard that, yeah. I have heard people 
few people say they've had them they're like the best non-alcoholic beer they've ever had and a few people said they're undrinkable so it's um yeah does seem to be very very different batch to batch yeah yeah um like i i vividly remember having the pepperberry one before um and hating it but this time was actually quite nice there was a hop character there <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah. pepperberry's fun uh, yeah, I, I also like the idea quite a bit. But that sounds like there's a good range of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, there's quite a lot. I don't know if there's more now because it's, you know, was when I started it was still dry July. Yeah, so, well, there's definitely a bigger market now too. It's um, yeah. really taking off. Um, I think it's. I think actually like middies and stuff are probably falling off a bit because I think people are just going straight to non-alcoholic stuff if they don't want to, if they want to drink less. Yeah. Because it's good enough now, you can do that. Yeah, I, I'd be quite happy with those Devil's Peaks ones, you know, a couple of nights a week. Yeah, yeah. To cut down. There's nothing wrong with them. No, I'm like, yeah, it's just a, it's a nice, nice beverage. Mm. It gives you that sort of what you're looking for in a beer. Yes, without exactly. the alcohol. Yeah. Exactly. Um, on to boozier stuff. Got a couple of pills, um, Rattenhund and Kulicino, German and Italian pills, respectively. Yep. Um, Rattenhund's fantastic. So good so good like that i thought this can was better than the one i had in the previous batch like they've really dialed in that bitterness to malt ratio which is just yep. so important you you need that bitter bite but there also needs to be just that sort of bready yeah touch on the back end and, agree oh, I, they've nailed that yeah it's one of the better lagers going around and i'm glad as we mentioned before it's selling out quickly i was super impressed yeah um coolicino i quite liked it's italian pills it's um pretty bitter um, but it's nice. It's it's less of a smashable lager and more of like a might sit on a little bit. Yeah, it's very grassy. Yeah, um, which is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I loved it. Um, it's Italian Pilsner dot text. Even if people don't agree that that's a style or not. Oh, <laughs> uh, look! I think it is now enough nowadays. You should understand what it is. It's it's what they're going for at least. Yeah, it's a yeah. But like specifically, like noble hop, dry hops. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, not not um, not new world hops. But yeah, no, I think I think it was very nice. Um, so congratulations to both of those breweries. Um, Fixation the Fix this year came out. Their double IPA, and you jumped on that. Yep, it's superb this year, as it usually is. You know, it's big pine resin, plenty of bitterness, just that right amount of sort of sticky malt. Yeah, yeah. It's in a really good place. I had mine last week, I think. And yeah, in a good spot. Um, we've both had Hawker's Hazy IPA, which has been absolutely flying off the shelves. And I think that that's spectacular when it's super duper fresh. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that ages. Like, obviously, it's a hazy. It's not supposed to age for ages. But will that be as good in six weeks as it is now? Yeah, it's definitely not coming out green or anything. I think it's coming out perfect, and I don't think um, you want to sit on it at all. It's definitely a buy and drink tonight kind of beer, I think. Yeah, 100%. There was just so much sort of stone fruit mango in yeah. that beer. Like, oh, stunning. Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, had Holgate Sal Brett for 21. Um, oh, yeah. Still a wonderful beer, and this is just a reminder to all the listeners to please drink more of Holgate Sal Brett and stuff. They... Their barrel-aged stuff is still some of the best in Australia and so easily gets lost. Um, and like, I drank sour bread and I'm like, why do I not drink this every year? Um, so that's just my, my public service announcement is to go well, get they're one. They're over 20, over 20 years old now. They just get lost in the uh, 
the mire a bit, but God, they're producing some good beers. Yeah, yeah. Um, like sneakily, because a lot of their core range stuff is, you know, decent but unremarkable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, had Kicks Slate of Hand, which is a new brewery, New South Wales one that only has the one beer, which is the Slate of Hand Hazy IPA, um, Nelson's Von Driven. Um, has a lot of Nelson character, very nice. Um, yeah, that will be divisive for some people. Yeah, look, I, I quite liked it. I, I thought it was, yeah. um, yeah, a, a nice early entrant and um, good enough that I'll keep my eye out for what they do next. Okay, that's that's promising. I'll have sort to look out for one. All you can ask for. And um, finally, Last Rain's Beyond Peach, which I think we mentioned last podcast, possibly. I think we told people that we thought they needed to buy it, that we thought we thought we ne- they needed to buy it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, incredibly well-priced, um, and it's it's fantastic, unsurprisingly. The the oak character is totally different from a lot of beers. Um, I got this real sort of, like, candied nut sort of thing. Oh, like, cool. um So it was sort of like... It was like a peach cobbler mixed with, like, a sort of treacle tart pecan pie sort of thing. Um and it was quite, it's fairly sweet. And I think it's a lot of that vanilla, you know, there's that sort of deceptive, yeah, that deceptive sweetness that comes from vanilla. Yeah. It's not actually sugary. It's just vanilla evokes sweetness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's quite a lot of that. Um, I thought it was fantastic, unsurprisingly. Uh, I have one in the fridge, so I will uh, try and report back next time. Yeah. Yeah. Keen, keen to hear what you think. But um, I'd be surprised if you weren't in my sort of uh, zone with that. Where, where I think it was. Um, one other random one I had. Um, yeah. This is just um, not really super interesting, but a brewery called Bonza. have no idea what they are or what they do. I had a dark ale from them and thought it was really quite good and I was expecting absolutely nothing. Well, you can check them out on the Beer O'Clock website, Dylan, because they are <laughs> up. All right, That's well, the then, brand of the Jetty Road um, head brewer. Okay, cool. Uh, and so he brews it down there and, yeah. That They're is producing um, some pretty nice stuff. Yeah, that that dark ale is four point four percent and just enough bitterness to be like you know smashable with actually a bit of flavour. Um, I thought it was really impressive, and I was expecting yeah, as I said, very little. Was that in a can? Yes. No, oh, cool. Good to see him getting some package out there as well. Yeah, yeah. It just it's one of those. It looks a lot like a dad beer, which I imagine is the idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, honestly, so still got that sort of very Australiana yes, imagery on it. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and the name Bonzer and stuff with very little yeah. other information led me to believe it wouldn't be very good. But I was yeah really pleasantly surprised. I would happily grab a six pack of that and take it somewhere because it's one of those beers. Um, so yeah, yeah. Their those. first beer was an Australian ale, if that makes you a. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm not surprised at all. Um, but yeah, that's we we can always do with more of them. Apparently they've got an IPA kicking around too, but I haven't had that. Ah, oh, that's cool. Let's we'll um, check that out. Yeah, I think that's all for really drinking. And we are back with the ranking of lagers. Um, Back in lockdown, which means only one today. Um, we've got uh, Tona from Nicaragua. Uh, so if you haven't listened to this before, somehow, I feel like it's the most consistent segment we do now, possibly even more so than the news. Um, the top, uh, we, we take um, three, normally three, now one lager 
one for each country every episode and we place them in a master list after trying them out. Um, at the moment, the top five is Pilsner Urquell from the Czech Republic, Tenants from Scotland, Carlsberg from Denmark, Kilmers from Argentina, Kingfish from India, and the bottom five are Bintang from Indonesia, Lab from Serbia, Vonu from Fiji, Kenya from Peru, and Pabst Blue Ribbon from Parts Unknown. Um, yes, so Tona from Nicaragua, as said before, this month, and a bit of a random find, I think. It is. It's seemingly being imported now. Um and they're, I think it was an $11 six-pack with your Dan Murphy's card. <laughs> Definitely um, get around that pricing. Yep. Yep. Uh, any info on this one? We have a little bit. Uh, so ready for me to butcher some Spanish. Here we go. Um, so Tonya, I think, is the closest pronunciation we're going to get out of either of us. Yep. Um was launched in 1977 by a company which we're going to call ICSA um, as a direct competitor to the main lager, which was Victoria Lager, which was produced by the Compania Cerveceria de Nicaragua. uh, Victoria Lager had been around since the 1940s um, and was the market leader. Uh, Tonya became sort of a big enough competitor to, to them that the uh, brewery of Nicaragua uh, decided to buy ICSA in 1996 and just sell both brands. Oh, okay. Who doesn't love a Monopoly? Exactly. So there is some other beer produced in Nicaragua, but they sell the majority of locally made stuff. Yep. um, I'm not too sure what to expect because some of like the Latin sort of lagers I've had are quite good, but a lot of the Caribbean ones... I've had a quite terrible, and from my knowledge, yes. Nicaragua sits somewhere in between those two. Exactly, sort of in that Central America, Central American, yeah, bit. almost like sort of close to like Honduras and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, in there. Um, yeah, should we should we jump off for a tick and give this a try? I think we should. All right. Alright, um, we are back, and um, yeah, unfortunately this one doesn't even really pass the Wood Smash 30 on a holiday kind of test. Nope. <laughs> no, it's not good. <laughs> no. Uh, um, yeah. Sorry for our Nicaraguan listeners, although they may already know this. They may well already know this, and there may be a reason why this is the export beer. Yeah, yeah, they keep the good stuff themselves, that's smart. You, you'd hope the other one's better. <laughs> because It'd be hard is... to be worse. This is dreadful. Well, Dylan, we have at least four beers that are we think are worse than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've sort of we've we've placed this at number. Uh, it'd be thirty-five. Yes. Um. So it goes into the bottom five, but at the top of the bottom five. So Bintang gets a reprieve. Um. But yeah, un- unfortunately, this we had a truly ghastly bottle of lav. Vono is absolute trash. Because Kenya, I can't even really remember what was wrong with it. it was, that was one of the earlier ones, I think. That was really oxidised, I think. Yeah, memory. and Pabs is Pabs. Um, <laughs> Pabs is just shit. Yeah. We, I mean, I'm glad that we gave Pabs another go to say 
Because it would be so cliched to be like, oh, the craft guys think Pabst is terrible. But, you know, we sat down and we tried it. And we're like, no, this really is a fucking awful beer. And unfortunately, yeah. Tona, uh, Tonya goes into that category. There is just... I, I said said to Angus off there, it is similar to Vonu in that it is there's very little going on, but what is going on is very bad. Yeah, yeah. It is just... Oxidize, it's oxidized cardboard and it's sweet and it's. I've got nothing nice to say. Yeah, kind of sweet, kind of metallic, kind of nothing. It's just all bad stuff. It's like almost a big. It's like a sweet green apple. It's not like that acid, acid aldehyde one, which is that slightly crisp green apple. This is like the sweet, gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, There's a lot wrong with it. Yeah, it's um. It doesn't have. It's not like one of those things where you can say our oh, macrolagers, you know, have a few flaws on purpose to make them stand out. This is just, um, yeah, just bad. This beer. is actually this is actually imported by Pinnacle Drinks, so that is interesting. It must be cheap as anything. Oh yeah, well, unfortunately, it doesn't even make that kind of price barrier. I think, unfortunately, it's uh, yeah. No, no, I'm not buying that even at eleven dollars a six pack. <laughs> and that's um, yeah, that says it all. I mean, you can get. Plenty of half-decent German lager around that price range. Um, you can? Yeah. You can? Like, even uh, though Pilsner Urquil, I think, is... It's $50 Under slab. six... Yeah, $55 yeah. slab, something like that. Yeah. Um, yep. Spend the extra $11, people. Yeah, it's <laughs> worth it. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. That's Tonya. Um, bottom five with a bullet. And um, that'll just about do us for this episode. Um if you want to get in touch, you can get in touch as always at Dylan at beeroclock.com. Beeroclockaustralia.com, yep. I think. One, one of those. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, I, I, you think by now we'd know that. <laughs> well, it's, you know, there's a lot of different ways. I don't know if it's .au. I don't know if it's, yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Whatever whatever that. Uh, Dylan at beeroclockaustralia.com or Angus at beeroclockaustralia.com or, of course, you can go to the blog beeroclockaustralia.com and Facebook, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, feel free to get in touch with us anyway, anyhow. Um, requests, comments, happy to listen and hope you enjoyed. Exactly. Cheers, guys. Have a good time in lockdown. Yep. Well, best you can. <laughs> yep. All right, and if you're not in lockdown, then, then take advantage of it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.